Hi, I'm Roy Diblick from Northwind Perennial Farm. You're listening to 1590 WCGO Chicago Smart Talk. The Mike Novak Show starts in 3, 2, 1. Live from a cul-de-sac somewhere in Evanston, Illinois, it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. After 20 years, still Chicago's only deep green gardening and environment program. Heard every Saturday morning on 1590 WCGO. Chicago's Smart Talk. Good planets are hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. And true currents and thrive. And getting it through one headset. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine. Well, good planets are hard to find. They're not Robin and Marion. They're not even Robin and Batman. But they are a dynamic duo. Here they are, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. Oh, should I hit the button? Go ahead. Three, two, uh, one. We're live. We're red. uh, Red again, so... (laughs) Uh, I'm not sure what that that indicates. Our anger. Um, does it indicate our? Yeah, no. It's just you know. Is it the the Russians? The Russians have taken over because it is Facebook. So now they own Facebook, right? Is that what's going on? Do they own Twitter? They own Twitter too. Brandon was telling me. No, the Saudis own Twitter. Is what Brandon was telling me. So don't expect any uh, real answers when they go to testify. Oh, you know, it's we 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 can't help it. Sorry. Ah, uh, okay. So let's <laughs> get that out of my system. Yeah, <laughs> shake it off, shake it off. <laughs> okay. Can I have a sip of coffee here, too? And I missed the opening sketch on Saturday Night Live last night. Missed that. Me, too. Was it any good? Anybody? Did you see it, Brandon? I don't watch Saturday Night Live. It's a generational thing. Ooh. Well, I fall For, in the middle. First, it like, was the my Muppets. My little brother loves it, and... Like, I have friends that are five years older than me that love it, but me and my friends are the same age, like us almost hitting 30. We don't watch it. Millennial. SNL and the Muppets. Total millennial. None of it. He's like, he's like the poster child for millennials right there, sitting right in the booth there. <laughs> we'll have to. We'll Can have we to get, get that tattooed on, on your forehead? Millennial. If you, you minus my military service, pretty much. Millennial poster <laughs> child. Yes. Oh, oh, it's because <laughs> is that what millennials don't do? They don't do the military service? Correct. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that was a trait. It, it, it always seems to be a shock to people when they find out that I was in the military. Like uh-huh. People my age, like, oh, mm-hmm. well, I don't know anyone who served. And when I think about it, when I was in, I was the only one in my hmm. age range. Like, there were like one or two other guys on base who were between 18 and 21 when I was in. Everyone else was like 25. Mm-hmm. And then no new people really joined except those who were like in their mid-20s. Hmm. Well, there you go. He is not your prototypical millennial. He's he's somewhere else out there. Good morning, everybody. Uh, we gosh, did we have fun yesterday? That was that was great. We were out at the uh, Scarce Green Fair at College of DuPage with Kay and Bev. No, it wasn't the College. I of I mean, DuPage. DuPage Fairgrounds. Yes, DuPage <laughs> County Fairgrounds. I don't know what College of DuPage was doing yesterday, but they they, they, they were all over at Scarce. Uh, they they could be. They might have been having classes too. Who knows? But. Uh, yeah, I want to thank the people at Scarce, uh, and uh, they had some terrific folks there, and we met some, actually lined up some guests for the show, um, in uh, not today, but for future, mm-hmm. 
shows, um, and we had a, a lovely time um, with the remote broadcast. So I, if you weren't there, you missed it. It was a great place to be, and I hope next time Scarce does something, you, you run out to DePage and, and help them out because they they just do so much good. They They collect stuff that nobody else collects. You brought your old 78s there. I brought some 78s. Managed to get them out of the garage finally. Yay. And because uh, you used to play them. I had this little machine. I would play them. And now I haven't done that in like, I don't know, 30 years. <laughs> so I got a feeling it's time to see that when I was a millennial, except uh, not a millennial, I was called a boomer in my 20s. I had this little crank wind up 78 player that I would play these records on. So that's what I did with my t- my spare time. Uh, on the show today, we got art, we got solar panels, we got pumpkins. We got squash. We got squash. Eh, call them pumpkins. It's uh, Although squash is a funnier word. I don't know. What's a funnier word? Squash or pumpkin? I'm not really sure. Squash will probably rhyme better than anything. So if you want to go with the rhyme, go with squash. Um <laughs> But uh, we're going to start with uh, Sharon Bladholm, who's been on the show before, who's done art for Open Lands, the Open Lands, uh, call it up on the North Shore that I can never, North Shore Nature Preserve. No, not lake North. Front lakefront. They need a better name for it. You, you can't use the word lakefront. That's just too generic. Um, but it's the one, Fort Sheridan. If they mm-hmm. called it the, the Open Lands Fort Sheridan Preserve, then everybody would know what it is. But maybe they're trying to get away from that. Um, but Sharon did art up there, and uh, and she's done all kinds of art about the natural world. And uh, she's on to talk about her latest uh, exhibit, which is at the Peggy Notabart Nature Museum. So she'll be here in a second. Uh, it's uh, By the way, it's called Soil, Seeds, and Sprouts, Tropical and Temperate. And it's running through December 3rd or the 10th, depending on what you read. I saw her thing, yeah, and then I saw something else that said the 10th, and so I thought, okay, I'm confused. Uh, well, but it's then, definitely running through the 3rd. Okay, definitely through the 3rd, so you can count on that. Uh, Pete Vander Whelan is going to be on the show. He won the giant pumpkin way off yesterday out at uh, Siegel's Cottonwood Farms in Lockport. I went there last year, was, was busy yesterday, but... He had a pumpkin of 1,852 pounds. He'll be here. We'll talk about that. And then we're going to talk solar power with Doug Snower and Eric Carlberg from Winfrey Solar in the second hour. That's all on the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We hope you stick around for all of it. The Green Living Expo returns to McHenry County College on Saturday, November 4th, and this 10th anniversary celebration is going to be pretty special. For starters, there will be two fully decorated and locally owned tiny homes on display, the award-winning traveling exhibit Sustainable Choices, and area college and university solar and super mileage team race cars. Visit the Living Lightly Tent, where innovators share their energy savings inventions with you. Of course, more than 70 green exhibits and vendors of all kinds, including invited artists who will be displaying and selling their sustainable creations. Did I mention the Green Living Expo is free and open to the public? And Peggy and I will be there. McHenry County College, Saturday, November 4th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Go to mchenry.edu slash green expo or contact the MCC Office of Sustainability at 815-479-7765. 
Are you ready to make a positive change in the world around you? One that's easy and creates beauty. Make the switch to native plants, natural communities native plants. Enjoy the elegance of nature, the birds, the pollinators, and yes, even monarch butterflies, without the excessive maintenance and without pesticides. Natives create food for pollinators and birds, offset climate change, cleanse water, reduce floodwaters, and they look great. Natural Communities has more than 200 species of affordable woodland, wetland, and prairie plants, as well as shrubs, trees, and seeds native to the Midwest. And now is the time to get those plants established in your yard for a head start next year. Go to naturalcommunities.net. And if you use the word NOVAK, N-O-W-A-K, at checkout, you'll get 10% off your purchase until October 1st. Don't just get back to nature. Create it in your own backyard. Go to naturalcommunities.net. This is your talk. One of the few true originals of our time. On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Come on, Pete. Don't fail me now. can't see our feet, though, on Facebook Live. you got to be watching. Yeah. we got three people watching us. Deb, Kathleen. You bet. i got to thank Kathleen, who's uh, watching. Give her a ding for uh, this CD, which... uh, she picked up at a, a thrift store on the way down to the when we went to see the solar eclipse earlier. It's uh, you know, you, you you stop at a thrift store, you buy something for ninety nine cents, and uh, this is the solar rhythm and blues rhythm makers <laughs> twenty five miles Edward Star right here on your nature station, your nature show, the Mike <laughs> Novak Show, WCGO. 1590, way up on the right side of the dial where nobody's going to find it. But okay. they can call us, 847-475-1590. Uh, that's right, 847-475-1590. We're giving away nothing. You'll get nothing today <laughs> well, we on might the wave show. at you on Facebook. That's right. Say hi. Uh, look who's in the, the studio, Sharon Bladholm. Hi, how are hi, you? Hi, I'm good. Uh, okay, how long has it been since we talked? Do you know? Hi, I want to say three years, but... It- Wow. Could be slightly more. It is slightly more. <laughs> okay. It's like uh, three. Four. That's a three, three and a half. And a... No, 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 no. Yeah. Just three years and four months, three okay. years and three months, something like that. <laughs> so, um, and, you know, I can't get the, I, that's how often I have an artist on the show because you don't want to get those art people. They're crazy. <laughs> They, and you don't know what they're going to say, and they, you know, they live in their heads and all this stuff. And she's, this she's is, starting to give you the evil eye. This, this, this is such a practical show. I'm just crazy about plants. I know, and that's why you're here. It's, right. Your artwork uh, revolves around plants. You know, and the last thing when you were here before, and we talked about the Lakeshore. Um, okay, the the Lake, open. Uh, no, no, don't, don't, no. Oh. I got it. I got okay. it. I got this. I got this. <laughs> Open Lands Lakeshore Preserve. You do, yeah. Out in uh, oh, I don't even don't even give me a ding. Um, in uh, in uh, next to Fort Sheridan, uh, actually within what used to be Fort Sheridan. Yeah, I guess it's still sort of Fort Sheridan. Is it? I is don't it? Know. I, don't I guess know. So they have a slight army presence. Yeah. I mean, well, the there's, is, yeah, there's the town of Fort yeah. Sheridan, 
Right. And then it's both confusing. Army and Navy are still there, and I think yeah. Air Force still has a reserve office there yeah, as well. Yeah, it's not like a full-blown thing like it used to be, no. but there's no. still— No, and I, and I love the fact that you, you say there's an Army presence, and it makes me think, okay, you go down to the lakeshore, and they're all doing <laughs> drills down there. No. No, but there's still so. always a lot of Army vehicles and highways. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So— but it's a beautiful place, and one of you know when we talked about it three years ago, they had just opened it, right? And this is an area; it's an ecosystem that is really rare, not in the world, not just America, but the idea where you have ravines going into yes. Lake Michigan, and the reason it's rare is because the land's all been gobbled up, either by business or rich mm-hmm. people. Okay. Um, you rich people, let the poor people on the land, okay? That's what I'm going to tell you. Just please, uh, just, you know, let us walk. Well, just walk on your beach, okay? We're going we're gonna to walk on it anyway, so you better let us walk on it. Get rid of those fences. Um, I'm, not, I'm, not a, I'm not a huge fan of blocking off the waterways because this is what the history, yeah. the history right. of our country is. You take the—and it was for transportation, obviously— Purposes usually. That's why uh, industry got on lakes and rivers so that they could transport the goods. But what happened is it ended up being um, areas that were not accessible by average people. And so you look at what is uh, uh, I was reading yesterday that what is there thirty miles of open lakeshore uh, in Illinois on Lake Michigan. Oh, look, probably life it's source. It's life source. Is it life source calling me? No, somebody's calling me. Uh, I Oh, I got a feeling it might be what. I wonder if it's one of our guests or our pumpkin guy. I got a feeling. Can't pick up. Sorry, dude. I'm on the radio. <laughs> um, and there's uh, like 30 miles of open space in uh, Illinois uh, on Lake Michigan, and 25 of it is in the city wow. of Chicago, the open. Wow. So other than that, it's all been walled really? off. Yeah. So it's That's it's some, some it's close that. to that those numbers right, um, so there you go. And so wow. that's why it's important to have something like mm-hmm. the Open Lands Lakeshore Preserve. You did art for it, yes, and you did these these uh, bronze sculptures, which are really cool. If only because they have tardigrades on them. You exactly, know? <laughs> it was celebrating <laughs> and, all the I mean, amazing the, microorganisms in this that live in the soil. And it occurred to me, you need to come on this show when our friend Michelle Hoffman is here. She's the woman who does our science reports for us uh, about once a month, and she's been doing this uh, film. She's working on this documentary called uh, a Microcosm. Oh. And this is what she studies. She goes really? out there and goes mm-hmm. into the oceans and I'd looks at the... I'd love to meet her. I wow. think you ought to talk to her because we've posted some of the beautiful uh, microscopic animals that she sees, wow. these critters. You would love to work yes, in that. Yes, absolutely. She's Michelle big... Hoffman. Michelle Hoffman. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll set that up. After All right. The show. Awesome. Stick yeah. with us, darling. We'll, <laughs> okay. we'll set that up yeah. after the show. So uh, here you are. Uh, you've got a new exhibit at the Peggy Notabart Nature Museum. They've been one of your homes. You've been all over the place. Uh, uh, you've exhibited Garfield Park Conservatory, uh, Museum of Con- Contemporary Art in Bordeaux, France, um, Shed Aquarium, uh, Peggy Notabart before. Yes. You're back. Uh, tell us about the new exhibit. Um, the new exhibit, well, actually, the old exhibit is permanent. It's Mysteries of the Marsh, so people can see that anytime. I did. Bronze Blandings Turtles, um, uh, Endangered Dragonflies, a big stained glass window of marsh habitat. 
The new show is temporary, so please, I really want everybody to go see it. I worked like an insane person for 10 (laughs) months on this show. And actually, two I did two new major ceramic installations for it. One called um, uh, so. You look at look at those notes. Can we can we get a shot of these notes? Oh, <laughs> uh, you can't see these things. This is like uh, hi- hieroglyphics. Yeah, it's they're they're tricky. Um, one one of the pieces is about um, the amazing fungus. Uh, it's called Earth Stars Above and Below. And earth stars are a type of fungus that I fell in love with about 35 years ago when I found a little mysterious insert in a book that I bought at a thrift store <laughs> or a used bookstore um, that uh, that said that the author was looking for even crumpled mm-hmm. and dried specimens, and it had a couple drawings of yeah. them. And they do indeed look like stars, and they're able to uh, open and close depending on moisture, some of them. And so they're, you know, and and actually when I was doing the piece for Open Lands, I learned how important fungi are for plants and how 90, I think it's 95% of plants have a fungal relationship and that mushrooms are only the fruiting body and that there's these vast underground mycelium networks that people have called like the nature's internet, which I think mm-hmm. is a great term. Actually, that was Paul Yeah, they Stamets send out these that, fu- fungal hyphae, which yeah. can yes. stretch for hundreds of miles. Right. So um, I, be- I believe the Upper Peninsula is one giant fungus. Uh, yes. Under- <laughs> yeah. And then they and that was considered the biggest um, organism in the world until they found an even bigger one, I think, out somewhere out in the Pacific Northwest. That doesn't um, surprise me. Yeah. And Paul Stamets has done wonderful work on fungi. You know, um, he's got a book called Mycelium Running that I rec- would recommend everybody yeah. to read um, if you want to learn more about fungi. And then uh, the follow up book will be Your Cilium Running. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> sorry. Um, but I'm bummed. But, and then the uh, another. I've got that here someplace. I, I, I forgot to. <laughs> thanks for, for and, reminding me. To and those stars, up. though, are, are actually, I was reading on their, their puffballs. They are in the puffball family. Yes. Oh, are they? Um, yes, they and, are. And, and I was uh, I, I was torn between you know when I did the post uh, on MikeNovak.net whether to use the stars or the other the the seeds the seeds yeah. hanging down and I couldn't tell but I I went with one, with the you other one but I didn't the, do the oh, stars okay. they're kind mm-hmm. of interesting so uh, they they're very interesting as are seeds and the, and the other major installation that I created specifically for this exhibit. Um, is called Seed Rain, Seed Bank. Mm-hmm. And I actually get a lot of my ideas from my science reading and from lectures I go to. And I went to a wonderful conference a couple years ago out at the California Academy of Sciences that was called the Forest Summit. And at that, I heard uh, restoration biologist Karen Hull um, just in her lecture about the restoration work she's been doing for many years in Costa Rica of how to regenerate forests, um, she used the term seed rain. And I'd never heard that term. And it sounded both poetic to me um, and really important. And I mean, whoever thinks about the fact that there's this, you know, seed rain raining down around us all the time, but, you know, we don't really think about it. And seeds are super important. uh, Explain that raining down around us all the time. Well, what are you talking about? seeds are, you know, 
Oh, you mean you mean yeah, just the actual, seeds? Right. Okay, they're so, falling down from yeah. trees. They're bursting out of plants. And, a- acorns and maples, and, especially right now. Yeah, like like, exactly. a- like alien, <laughs> and they burst out. Yeah, yeah. But it's just sort of quietly happening, and whoever thinks about mm-hmm. it, like we think about it when the rain, you know, when. The other kind of well, rain you think is about it when you're watching the dandelion right? seeds float, yeah. and you go, yeah. "Oh, that's going to end up in my yard!" Yay! Yeah, okay. so that could be considered seed. And rain. at this time of year, you have the uh, the milkweed bombs. Yes, when those seed pods open up, and bam, those things float around. So that's what you're talking about. Yes. All the different yeah. seeds. Yes. And now you represent this at the Peggy Notobar. What's the uh, the medium you're using for uh, this? Ceramic. Both installations um, and quite a bit of the other work is made out of ceramic. Some actually throughout the show you'll see ceramic, um, bronze, and glass. Those are the three major mediums I work with with my sculptural work. All right, as now, well as, now I have to ask that question yeah. now that we're here because you're an artist. Is it mediums or media? You know, I'm always wondering that myself. <laughs> because I read I and I read the review. Mediums, because media is like what you guys do, right? No, no, no. Well, but me- no. Me- mixed media. Mixed me- media is the plural yeah. of okay. medium. So okay. when you say mediums, you know, and I read this in this review of, of your installation. I went to, 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 I was thinking that the guy put that in there. I went, you didn't use the Chicago style, did you? When, yeah, when you but were it, it? that one review, there was a lot of strange wording in oh, it. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not, Peggy said that, not me. I didn't, I just um, talked about it. Anyway, so but yeah, back to but the, so, but the media so, that you use. So it's are, ceramic, and I sculpted um, 65 different species of seeds, about half of them being tropical mm-hmm. and half of them being temperate mm-hmm. because the whole show, Soil Seeds and Sprouts, Tropical and Temperate, is um, kind of contrasting tropical and temperate nature. Um, the idea kind of being that, yeah, you can go all the way to the Amazon, which I've done quite a few times, and find wonderful things there, but you can also go to places right around here like the amazing Pinhook Bog, for example, where there's rare carnivorous plants, so rare they keep them locked up. So, you know, where, you don't where is have that, to go. Where is that That's bug? in, um, it's actually part of the Indiana um, Dunes, hmm. Lakeshore, or whatever they, Indiana Dunes, now I got Lakeshore in there, uh, I don't know. Na- uh, yeah, yeah Seash- National, National Seashore, I think, seashore or Lakeshore, or whatever yeah. it's called. But it's not like right by the seashore. If you look on their map, it's a little green square that's mm-hmm. a little more inland. And it's amazing. They're only um, open during, like, the more temperate season. And you used to have to make a special appointment with a ranger. Now, well, a couple summers ago, they were open 12 to 5. A friend told me this year it was just 12 to 3 on Saturday and Sunday. Mm. So mm. check their website before you go. But, um, yeah, when they're not open, it's locked up because yeah. they have the rare sundews there, the rare carnivorous plants. I did a monoprint celebrating the different species at Pinhawk Hook. But back to the, but we kind of went on a digression, back to the seeds. So I sculpted these seeds about hand size, like I said, about 65 different species, half being tropical, half being temperate. They're hanging, but during, uh, you know, I got the original idea from the restoration biologist, but while I was working on the piece, I also read two books about seeds, and I read about seed banks, and mm-hmm. that Darwin... Thanks to Darwin, I had to make a whole bunch more seeds because he had this incredible Darn him. Uh, Darn quote him. Um, that he once found 537 seeds in three teaspoons of pond soil. 
and and he said something like, yeah, and, and all fit in a breakfast cup. And he actually got them all to sprout. And so I just found that incredible. And I had no. And where was that? Probably in England. You think it was in, in England? You know, okay, maybe I it guess. was. Yeah. It didn't say. Um, but, you know, after his Beagle voyage, he didn't really travel around all that much. He yeah. was kind of hunkered down in England. But, um, yeah, so thanks to Darwin, I was like, oh, my God, I have to make more seeds to have below the seed rain, mm-hmm. which are the chains yeah. of seeds, um, because seed banks are really important. And I knew about seed banks like the one in, um, you know, Kew Gardens has a seed bank. There's that one in Norway. And those are we very— We talked un- about that yeah. Uh, yeah. earlier this year when— there was supposedly a flood in there. It turns yeah. out that really wasn't true. That's oh, kind, that's good. Kind of fake news. It was like water huh. water got in there, but water's gotten in there before, and they know that, and it's no, it's not the, a big the, deal. the seeds are no danger. Yeah. And so just so you folks good. know that, that I, yeah, I yeah. heard something about that, too, and I, I think I read something that wasn't too horrible, but that's So good sometimes there really is fake news. Most of the time, <laughs> not so much. Uh, well, except the, if you're trying to influence an election, I guess. Uh, so, so you have all these 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 seeds, and you put them together uh, in this installation at the Peggy Notabart. My question, as I'm watching the Peggy Notabart retweet uh, some of our tweets here this morning, is how hard to sell is that? To I mean, you, they know you obviously, and they know you work. But how how does one get a, a show at the Peggy Notabart? Oh well, uh, interestingly enough, it didn't really evolve out of my former work there for Mysteries of the Marsh, which is the permanent exhibit. Mm-hmm. Um, I just ran into Alvaro Ramos, who's their chief curator there, and I believe he's the vice president and chief curator. Um, and so. Um, I was just at one of their events. I go to a lot of their events. Um, I think it was the one on the passenger pigeon. They also had a great um, two, three-day extinction crisis um, uh, summit a few years ago. But I believe it was at the when Joel, I believe it's Joel Greenberg. Greenberg He's been on the, the show. Okay, pigeon. you're going to have to yeah. calm down because you can hear the music. Oh, you can't hear the music. You don't have the headsets on. All right. Sharon Bladholm, we're talking art. We're talking nature. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We'll be right back. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? Well, that's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color perms and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of safe straightening treatments, including the non-toxic Magic Sleek and Cezanne keratin smoothing products that let you shampoo the same day. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at OrganicRootsEcoSalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty, you no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. If you garden in or around Chicago and you don't have a subscription to Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, I'm a little worried about you. 
That's because you're missing out on not only the garden magazine for our region, but one of the best gardening magazines in the country. Every issue features spectacular photos, as well as articles by noted horticultural authorities, nursery owners, state extension agents, master gardeners, and more. There are columns like Ask the Garden Pros, Regional Reports, and What to Do in the Garden. Of course, there's my column on the inside back page of every issue, but into each life a little rain must fall. Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, a publication of state-by-state gardening magazines on newsstands everywhere, but go to chicagolandgardening.com and get a subscription. If you're in other parts of the Midwest or the South, try one of the 21 magazines in those regions by going to statebystategardening.com or call 888-265-3600. 888-265-3600. This is your talk. On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. Welcome. I am Mr. Big Stuff here <laughs> on Sunday morning. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We've got Sharon Bladholm in studio. We're talking seeds and art. Now, how do you how do you put those two together? But she's managed to do that, which is kind of cool because seeds in themselves, uh, many of them are art. They are. They're super fascinating. Their forms, their colors. I mean, I, I sculpted 65 species, but I had to cut myself off because I had a time frame that I had to finish. But there's so many more I, I still want to do. I mean, they're just like these amazing forms and, you know, every form you can think of. That's got to be daunting, and, though, because you're taking a, a form that's naturally an art form. It looks like art. And you're trying not necessarily to improve on it, but to interpret that but it's yes. already art how do you make better art than nature gives us well i i was trying to there a lot of seeds are very tiny most are pretty small so the idea was to make them bigger ah, yes so, so you, that people okay, that could sense. Yeah. enjoy them and you know understand and be hopefully as fascinated by them as i am and realize the importance of them like a few minutes ago we were talking about seed banks and that there's mm-hmm. both you know, man-made seed banks like Kew Gardens and the one in Norway, but there's also these, you know, natural seed banks. Okay, what's that? And that is basically when seeds are stored in the ground waiting for that perfect moment to germinate, which could be 20 years or 30 years in the rainforest, waiting till certain trees fall down and enough light comes in and Mm -hmm. they sprout. Or, for example, the amazing story of Methuselah, which is considered to be the oldest seed that's ever been sprouted. It was found in um, uh, not a tomb, but Masada um, in, in in Israel. Israel, and that was where the uh, Jews were um, hiding out from the Romans. Being in, they were under siege, yeah, under and siege, they right. they preferred to kill themselves than be killed by the Romans. But to prove that they uh, did not starve to death. They left stores of food. Mm-hmm. And in there, there was date palm seeds. And they found them in, like, I believe it was 1963. And this uh, Israeli woman scientist one day just had a weird hunch and decided to to plant a few of these hmm. seeds. And one actually 
grew. And so that's considered well, the that's, oldest. Well, that's not unusual anymore. I mean, we have gotten to the point where we do find seeds and, and people try to get them to germinate after thousands of years, and it happens. Yeah. Now, it's not all of them, but right. it, it, seeds are remarkable. Yeah, so it's amazing structure. that yeah. they stay viable that long. Yeah. And so that's why we need to protect habitats because just like, you know, any habitat you go to is basically a natural seed bank holding all these seeds that, you know, the they're being held better by nature than we can ever replicate in a in a man-made seed bank, so, which are, those are important, too, yeah. especially with climate change and everything are, that are going on. We need to do both. Well, yeah, but, we need, we, uh, <laughs> we need to save them because uh, something bad's right. going to happen and we're going to need the seeds. OK, <laughs> uh, the uh, the installation is called Soils, Seeds and Sprouts, Tropical and Temperate. One of the things you do. With your art, I lo- what I like is the science fiction-y kind of part of your art where you got, like, lungs and branches growing out of lungs and leaves and stuff. Yeah, Brains that with was things another one of yeah. them. Yeah, I did a whole series um, of pieces where it's, like, human. There's also in the show the intelligent heart, which has this large bronze heart hanging with branches hanging from it and a little tiny brain below it. That was actually sp- inspired by a book, The Biology of Tran- Transcendence, by Joseph Chilton Pierce. And that there's also a IV stand sitting next to this hanging heart that has a beautiful root ball that I found on my friend's farm in Indiana. And basically the message of that piece is that nature is really on life support now. And just like some of the work that they do at Peggy Notabart Nature Museum, like with the Blandings turtles, reintroducing them, that's a nice success story. Also the metal mark butterfly that they're, re- that they're mm-hmm. propagating and reintroducing, you know, it's super important right now. Without human intervention, many, many species are blinking at, winking out as we speak and more will yeah. if we as humans do not participate in saving well, we had the and, folks on the other week, um, um, uh, the extinction, the, we, we talked about the red list. Um, yeah, who, who does the red list? But it doesn't matter. There's a red Mort list. Mort Arboretum. Uh, well, yeah, we, the, they don't do the red list, right. but they're working with the red list, mm-hmm. which is an international, and there's, mm-hmm. you know, twenty five to 80,000 plants that are in danger of just, as you said, winking out. Um, I, but I, I sensed a tweet. Nature is on life support. That I got a feeling that's going to go out in a tweet. Uh, but it, that's a really good way of putting it. We, yeah. We, this is what we've done, and this is us, folks. Right. We're the ones doing this. There's no other species that puts nature on life life support right. except human beings. Right. We've put it on life support, and if we don't want to lose everything, we're going to have yeah. to. Well, and we're keep part of that. It. Right. It's on life support right. too. Uh, before we get too far off, and and we don't have a second, uh, I want to thank. Uh, the photographer who allowed me to put her photo, your photo, up on mm-hmm. there of of the the seed. What do you what do you call that? Where, where it's raining down here? Seed rain, seed bank is the name of the piece. Seed rain, and yeah. and and how? What are those? Are those all ceramic? They are all ceramic. And how are they held together? They are strung from fish line and hemp. I did a originally. I was going to use yay this, hemp. Yeah, we're, we're going to do a show hemp. on that soon too. <laughs> um. Yeah, so so far, and they hang from the ceiling, well. and yes. some of them are on the ground. Mm-hmm. So it's as if it's raining seeds. Yes, and the ones on the ground are representing seed banks. Uh-huh. And you have one sprouting 
Yes, only one is sprouting, and Why that, is that is the date palm, the oh. Methuselah seed, the one that oh. sprouted after 2,000 years. And interestingly, it was a, that species has been extinct for 1,000 years, and now that they've brought it back, it turns out it has a lot more medicinal qualities, they're finding out, than the current date palm. So isn't that interesting, you know? And I meant to give a shout-out to the photographer, or she, friend yes, of yours? J- yes, Jyoti, yes. Okay, how do you pronounce her name? Jyoti, Jyoti Sri Vastava? Sri Vastava, yes, See? that is correct. Mm-hmm. Give me a ding there, okay. <laughs> Jyoti Sri Vastava, because I, I actually contacted yeah. her last night and said, hey, can I use one of these yeah, photos? She's photos a are wonderful fabulous, yeah. person and photographer, and I actually met her about 11 years ago, very appropriately, in the Lincoln Park Conservatory. And she was just kind of starting out as a photographer then. She was actually walking around with her camera. I was sitting and drawing an amazing tropical plant, and we just started talking to each other, stayed friends. She was taking a lot of photographs at um, the Nature Museum and Mm -hmm. also the conservatory, but then she's also branched out, and she's doing all kinds of photography Mm -hmm. for artists and of sculpture, and so she's, uh, she's documented quite a bit of my work, so... So this run now. Here's the other question we we brought up earlier. Does this run through the third or the tenth of December? Um, you know, originally at one point they had said the tenth, but then I think um, it, it's going to take a little while to deinstall. It will for sure. <laughs> it's because it is a lot of sculpture, yeah. and so it will stay up for sure through December third. And they may hold it over for three, four days longer, but. That's Mm -hmm. undetermined at this point, but you can count on the third and you might get a a squeeze a few more days in. So So if if you want to take advantage of soils, seeds and sprouts, go to the Piggy Note of Art Nature Museum before the Mm -hmm. third of uh, December. So oh, I, I, and we should, if there's time, I would love to mention, too, that there's uh, this Digging, the digging yes, Deeper that, exactly. event coming up quite soon on October 5th. and um, 6 p.m. Yes, 6 p.m., 6 to 8. It's called Digging Deeper, A Closer Look at Life in the Soil. And there's going to be a lot of nature partners there, like Cultivate Urban Rainforest, Advocates for Urban Agriculture will be talking about composting. DePaul will be talking about their free soil testing program. Garfield Park Conservatory Alliance, how to put your garden to bed for the winter. Oh, really? So that's yes. cool. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Midwest Pesticide Action Network, strategies for maintaining your lawn without pesticides. The Nature Museum, of course, will be having some of their historic collections related to soils and plant roots. I will be there leading tours of the exhibits, Seed Soil Sprouts. Um, Open Lands will be talking about their community programs and making seed bombs. Oh, and UIC Heritage (laughs) Garden. Seed bombs, yes. Well, I was so fascinated. Actually, I contacted them because I read somewhere online that they had a seed library. Well, it started at Hull House, and then in my research I found out it's now at at UIC Heritage Garden. But they have this seed library that you can check seeds out, mm-hmm. plant them, and then you bring some back, which is very good for keeping seeds viable. Whose who's seed library is that? It, it's, now, it's now being because controlled that's, you, by you, UIC, UIC Heritage Garden. Well, there's there's a number of them. Our friend um, Vicki Nowicki out mm-hmm. in uh, Downers Grove has started uh, a, a seed garden or seed library out there. And that is becoming a very popular way of, of spreading seeds. 
seeds and getting folks to to try different seeds. And then, of course, as you say, you bring back. So it, right, and you're, borrow, you're borrowing seeds. You're not really taking right. seeds. And it's good for the seeds because they get grown out and can transform. Well, there's no point the... of holding on to them forever because, as you know, with each passing year, yeah. a seed becomes less viable. Yeah, exactly. So you want folks so to, to plant them. I think this will be a wonderful event. There's really a lot of interesting, great partners. It's kind of a fair-style event where you wander around <laughs> and explore these different things. They'll also, you know, have... Beer and wine. You can have a drink. You can try um, dirt pudding, which I am not sure what that is, but I'm looking forward to. Uh, so you, um, you, you try it and tell me how it is, okay? I'm and then they're like also, chocolate pudding with graham crackers on it, or something. Yeah, my assistant said, "Oh, dirt pudding's like chocolate pudding with gummy worms." We're and getting Oreos laughs on that it. one. See, this but is the, the Facebook. I, I'm not sure what, <laughs> their, <laughs> what their version will arr, be. Arr, seed pudding, arr. dirt pudding, yay! But arr, then arr. there will also um, be there's also going to be an artist walk and talk that I will just be walking people through the exhibit. There's one coming up well, that on, sounds great. on Columbus Day. Mm-hmm. So that's... that's well, let's uh, get to back, but let's make sure people show up on the 5th for Digging okay. Deeper, a closer yes. look at life in the soil. That's this Thursday, October 5th, 6 p.m. at the Peggy Notabart Nature Museum. So... Uh, mark that in your calendars right now, and Sharon will be there, and she'll talk about her exhibit. Yes. And if you can't get there, um, can people come to your Opal Glass studio? Um, sure. They're, <laughs> they, 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 they just give me a call. They're welcome to stop by, but they won't, you know, the right, exhibit right. is But, if is they there. but actually, I works. have a ton of other work at, at the studio that's also um, really just about in every l- single piece of artwork I do is about the interaction of in humans ten, with nature. In 10 seconds, what's next? Um, what's next? Uh, uh, are you working? You don't have another one well, already to go? Oh, well, I'm always working on about 15 things <laughs> at the oh, same okay. time. Well, <laughs> well, then so. stick around, folks. Something will happen. That's uh, Sharon Bladholm. Thank you so much for being here. Go to Peggy Notabart before December 3rd. Take a look at her seed exhibit. You can find more at MikeNovak.net. We'll be right back with Giant Pumpkins. Ever wonder what you would feel like if you didn't hurt? If you were free of tension in your body, here's your chance to talk to Dr. Bonnie Flaster and licensed massage therapist Kamosha Murphy at the River North Wellness Center Open House Thursday, October 12th from 2 to 6 p.m. for mini-massage, chiropractic, and acupressure demonstrations. And until November 22nd, mention the Mike Novak Show for a discount on full treatment sessions. Go to rivernorthwellness.com or stop by on October 12th and get back to feeling good. Hi, this is Lisa Albrecht from the Illinois Solar Energy Association, and once again, we are raffling off a Tesla to one lucky winner. This year, it's the 2017 Tesla Model X. That's the sports utility vehicle. The proceeds go to ISEA for our work in advancing clean energy development in Illinois. Each ticket is $100, but you can get four for $300. Only 2,500 tickets will be sold, and you can buy as many as you'd like. The drawing is December 7th, and you don't need to be present to win. Go to IllinoisSolar.org for details. Chicagoans are looking for ways to get healthier in 2017. Hi, I'm Peggy, and I publish Natural Awakening, Chicago's greenest and healthiest local magazine. And if you want to reach this growing wellness market, you need to get your business in front of our 80,000 monthly readers. Why? Because our advertisers tell us our targeted readers are committed to improving their health and taking action. They're looking for holistic wellness practitioners, integrative doctors and dentists, nutritionists, health and lifestyle coaches, yoga classes, green landscapers, even home improvement and energy efficiency experts. Our dedicated readers pick up their free copies each month from more than 1,100 locations throughout the city and suburbs. 
because they know it's the best source for information about healthy, green living in Chicago. Call me today at 847-858-3697 to learn more. That's 847-858-3697. And check us out at nachicago.com. Natural awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more. Find out what's going on in Evanston. Tune in to Haggerty's Huddle every other Monday on French and Friends. Brought to you by Chicago Lee Magazine. Name the city's top magazine. Don't just read more. Read better. The original, mm-hmm. not the uh, Blues Brothers thing, but no, this is the original Sam and Dave. Oh, yeah. Soul Man. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. And before we get to uh, our conversation about giant pumpkins, um, I have to give a shout out uh, really quick uh, to Pete Smitty. Let's give Pete a ding because I know he's listening. And uh, I just want to say hi. I think he's in Arlington Heights, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, fan of the show, I found out this week. And Pete, uh, you, uh, I was you got to go on uh, my uh, Facebook page. Go to the Mike Novak Show and see the Facebook I did about turf this week with uh, Dave Donnelly oh, yeah. from uh, North Shore Country Club and the the crazy stuff he's doing with lawns and biochar and compost and all that stuff. So. Uh, uh, I wanted to give a, a shout out to you, Pete Smitty, and uh, there we go. So, but let's go to the phones uh, and uh, bring in our pumpkin guys, and uh, we'll we'll start with uh, George Janwick. George, you there with me? Yes, I am, Mike. How you doing? All right. Good morning. Uh, the day after, you've got uh, that uh, that pumpkin hangover today. <laughs> yeah, I really do too. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I bet you do. And uh, let's uh, also bring in Pete. Pete, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Uh, that's Pete Vanderweelen. You know, Pete, I've been having trouble connecting to your Facebook page. I was trying to link it uh, on my post on Facebook, and for some reason I can't connect. I don't know what the what the story is. How do you spell your last name and, and tell me with capitals? And, you know, when you send me you okay. send me a, you sent me a text with the photo of the pumpkin, which I posted at MikeNovak.net, but you broke up the name. It's like two different last names. How do you spell it? B-A-N-B-E. E-R, and there's a space, capital W-I-E-L-E-M. How you see how it's on my Facebook? Yeah, is it, what's Sometimes that? Sometimes the space gets lost. The, is the space on in, on your Facebook page? Is there a space uh, there? I'm checking right now. Because <laughs> I'm not I, sure. I, that... I, I don't know. I friended him. You friended him, but, but there was no can't... space in the last name. And then I can't call it up on mine. Oh, well. But okay, Pete, well... if you try with and without the space. One one way should work. We'll get we'll get it sorted <laughs> yeah. out. We'll get it sorted out. All right. So, uh, yesterday was a big uh, pumpkin way off the annual Illinois pumpkin way off at uh, Siegel's Cottonwood Farm in Lockport. Let's give them a ding. And uh, it, it, how many uh, contestants, uh, George, did we have there yesterday? Got any idea? Uh, we had fifteen pumpkins. Okay. Uh, it's just it. I was there last year, and there seemed like a lot of them. Um, was it a, a kind of a normal turnout, a bigger, smaller? I think we're a little bit down on, on a couple of pumpkins. I know uh, a couple growers in Illinois couldn't make it. You know, they actually they lost their pumpkins yeah. this season, or they didn't think they were worth bringing for competition. So I know we were down. 
I would say we were down maybe up to five pumpkins. Uh-huh. Uh, and um, the well, let's just get this out of the way. Uh, uh, George, you had a personal best, right? Yes, I did. And, and how big was your pumpkin? Uh, 1,409. <laughs> That's a lot of pumpkin. And I understand it won the Miss Congeniality Award. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's uh, the second pumpkin that I brought um, won the prettiest pumpkin at 600. 39 and a half pounds. Oh, see, you're, it, you're, that's the petite pumpkin. your daughter didn't yeah, make, that's, did that's not make that clear one. on her Facebook post. Cause I yeah, see it, no, there was no picture on there. The small one, just the big one in the back of the truck. I looked at the big one. I went, okay, so they, they think that's pretty. Okay. Well, uh, but well, that the, wasn't the, one the one that was on the, the news channel last night had a bright orange pumpkin and had said that was the pretty pumpkin. Oh, maybe that, yeah, that, that was mine too. Yep. Okay. I know we got some coverage on that one. So, <laughs> So one one thousand excuse me, one thousand four hundred nine pounds. That was your personal best, George. But Pete, you're the winner at one thousand eight hundred fifty two pounds. Congratulations, Pete. Well, thank you, Mike. Uh, and now you're in Wisconsin. Where are you? I'm in Sherwood, Wisconsin. I'm about a half hour south of Green Bay. But wow, you you travel well, a long way. That's a long way to get a pumpkin. We. Started the truck at four in the morning yesterday. So, and I know that the, I've 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 heard these stories. There's tragedy sometimes <laughs> when these pumpkins are transported because it well, could... there was there was one strap that won't stay on, so we we had a little couple stops, and then we we got we got it on. We mm-hmm. it on in. Yeah, you guys got to be really careful because if you get a crack in that pumpkin, it disqualifies it, and then you're out of the 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 uh, the competition, right? Right. Then, then your your year is done. Which doesn't seem fair, but that's the way it is. So it's better if you just you know if you live down the block and bring it because yeah. it's a lot easier. Hey, can you imagine the the glances? Do, do people say things or give you the thumbs up out the window as they're passing you with this pumpkin? Oh yeah, they they pull up and take pictures and uh, a lot of thumbs up. <laughs> So uh, Pete Vanderweelen, sometimes with a gap in his last name, sometimes without, is the winner at eight thousand uh, or at eighteen hundred fifty-two pounds, one thousand eight hundred fifty-two. Uh, and I will ask you guys both. Uh, let's, Pete, you've not been doing this very long, have you? Um, it's been four years. This is my fourth year now. Now, George, does that just make you crazy when a guy who's only been doing this four years comes in and wins the the competition? Well, yeah, it does to a certain extent, but I know probably Pete, you know, you probably worked really hard in the garden and that, especially being in Wisconsin, he doesn't have a lot to do other than <laughs> watch the Packers, eat cheese, and drink beer, so you have to work on something. <laughs> I watched the Packer game, I did. <laughs> yeah, you know, guess whose team won, George? I know, it's another, it's just, they beat me all over the place, uh, Packers <laughs> beat me from Wisconsin, now I can't even beat these darn pumpkin growers, so, and, 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 really and, in a whole and, and, and I saw something, Pete, about you catching, and I think this was you, a very large sturgeon a few years back? Oh, yeah. 179 five years, pounds? Five years ago, yeah, it was 179 pounds, and that's, uh, out on the ice on Lake Winnebago. 179-pound sturgeon. Where's Mike nice. Jackson? Where's Mike Jackson when we need him here? Yeah, really. Uh, so, uh, well, congratulations to that, and congratulations to the pumpkin. Was uh, it, We got two minutes here. Uh, either of you guys, uh, George, maybe you, because you know you've been doing this a long time. Was this a good pumpkin year or a bad pumpkin year? Well, it was a good pumpkin year for me. 
Um, you know, if you're able to really kind of get through the, the wet weather we had early and then we had, you know, some heat and then it got hot and cold, it's not, it hasn't really been a steady growing year. And we mm-hmm. lost a lot of pumpkins across the state. A lot of good growers didn't have anything. So I would just say it was a marginal year for most growers. Uh, and Pete, what uh, what was your secret this year for growing the big one? Um, the secret, um, stay on it, keep your plant happy <laughs> every every day. Look around and and take care of any issues. You know, <laughs> make your plant happy. Go out and sing to That's it. it. You got to pet that, it. That it all helps. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a believer in, in talking to your plant and, and encouraging your pumpkin as it grows. Um. Well, you have have to find ways to deal with the weather to yeah. you know to keep the stress off mm-hmm. yeah well uh congr- what happens to your pumpkins now pete what are you going to do with yours the, they kept my pumpkin they're going to lift it up 100 feet and drop it on the 29th and uh where at, at eagles cottonwood farms ah i want to be there that's too they're cool drop it. and then does everybody <laughs> get to be see there it too I, I thought most people, I know, George, you've held on to your pumpkins in the past, haven't you? Yeah, usually I take them home. We're having a Harvest Fest party um, next weekend, and then we just take them home and display them just like a regular jack-o'-lantern in oh, front of the house. Oh, come on, George, roll it off the roof. That would be really cool. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll Facebook live it. <laughs> yeah, we'll come out there All and right. do it. All right. Well, listen, George Janowick and uh, Pete uh, Vander Whelan of Sherwood, Wisconsin. Congratulations to you both. Uh, George, maybe you'll win it all next year. You never know. Uh, just keep Pete out of the contest, all right? That's it. All yeah. right. Thanks, guys, for this, and congratulations to both of you. You guys have a great Sunday. All right. The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki rolls on like a pumpkin. We'll be back <laughs> after the news. Captain's Log, point one. The Enterprise is under attack by an apparently hostile life form. Mr. Wolf, status report. Inexplicable, Captain. They appear to be perambulating vegetables. We are being stalked by stalks of asparagus. That is incorrect, Mr. Wolf. Asparagus officinalis, or killer asparagus, was the subject of a very popular 21st century tome by the brilliant author Mike Novak. Mike Novak. I'm familiar with his work. Mike Novak was one of the smartest, funniest people in the horticultural world of the 21st century. Sound red alert. Shields up. Tell me more, Mr. Data. He has been variously compared to Mark Twain, Dave Barry, and Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe, author of my favorite children's stories. Captain, I am attempting to access a copy of the masterpiece. Hmm, it seems to be available online at AroundTheBlockPress.com. 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 Yes, Mr. Watt. Yes, Captain. AroundTheBlockPress.com. How many times can I say it? Welcome to the second hour of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Call us with your questions and comments at 847-475-1590. Here they are again. Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. Whenever my head starts to hurt, before it goes from bad to feeling worse, I turn off my phone, I get down low, and put my hands in the dirt. I'm looking on Facebook here, I see that George just uh, posted his pretty pumpkin. (laughs) I'm trying to give it a like. Is it smiling? Um, No, but uh, he is, kind of. 
in his own way. So here's the prettiest one. That's uh, yeah, it's a mere what was it? A mere six hundred pounds. I yeah, I've told the story on the show before. Back in the day, back when I was at Gargantua Radio uh, down on Michigan Avenue, back in the early aughts. This is right shortly after nine eleven. All right, I think the next year or the year after that might have been just the very next year. Um, might have been that year. I'm trying to remember because I had a buddy of mine who had grown a pumpkin that was about 600 pounds. I said, you got to bring it to the show, bring it to the showcase studio and we'll, we'll get, we'll take photos of it. So he goes, okay. So he gets his truck and it was Ken Benson from who was teaching at Triton college at that time. And he backs up the, the pumpkin on Michigan Avenue, right in front of the trip tower. And he's unloading the pumpkin and like I said, this is right after 9-11, mm-hmm. and security comes out and goes, uh, what's this? I said, that's a pumpkin. <laughs> it's a big old pumpkin. We're just going to take photos here because it's a giant pumpkin. It's weighs 600 pounds. Look how cool this is. Mm-hmm. And they're like, uh, were you going to tell us? that you have you a were permit gonna, for this? you have a permit for a giant <laughs> pumpkin on Michigan Avenue? Well, no, not really. So they let us take their photos. They said, now, get this thing out of here. All right. Okay, sorry. Well, at least they didn't come in with the bomb pumpkin. squad and blow it up or something. Yeah, not, that would have been cool. That would have been seed. It would have been a Gallagher moment. <laughs> you know, I'd tell you the 29th. I want to see a, 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 an 1800 pound pumpkin dropped I, I, from how high did he say? 100 feet. I want to see that. I think Brandon, we have to wouldn't, go out wouldn't there. you pay money for that? I would pay money to see that. Yeah. I would pay money. It just sounds I think terrific. we need to be out there doing some Facebook Live that day. Yeah, absolutely. I'm And put it at ground level. That's where you want <laughs> it. But watch out because there's going to be pumpkin juice on the lens. Okay, I'll put some plastic across. The- <laughs> yeah. And I mentioned earlier that uh, I had gone out this week uh, to see a, another buddy of mine, uh, Dan Donnelly, who's at North Shore Country Club in Glenview. And I went out there because I wanted to take some video. I did some Facebook Live, mm-hmm. uh, some of the crazy stuff he's out there. And I say crazy in a good way. Cool crazy. Cool crazy. Because he's a golf course superintendent, all right? And when you think of golf courses, uh, and it was interesting because at the Scares Fest yesterday, somebody was there about, uh, had a table uh, touting sustainable golf courses. And... That's kind of what he does there because he takes the scrap food scraps from mm-hmm. the country club. He creates vermicompost. He's got biochar that he's putting in the ground. He's doing he's spreading compost. He was he was spreading some of that this week when I was out there uh, working with fun, fungi that, you know, we had Sharon Blanholm, uh, Bladholm talking about that earlier today, doing all this stuff mm-hmm. on a golf course. And, and, and I and I and I asked him the question. I said, when you think of golf course. And sustainability, that's kind of an oxymoron. He's, and he laughed and said, but n- not really because of some of the stuff we're doing. So the reason I had him on is because he's going to be speaking on the 17th at uh, a conference called Impact, Creating Sustainable Landscapes, which is part of the Illinois Landscape Contractors Association, uh, Building Sustainable Landscapes, excuse me. And uh, this is done through a group that I helped start uh, 15 years ago called MILA, the Midwest Ecological Landscape Alliance, which uh, is now part of ILCA. And so the folks, uh, the sustainability folks on that committee said, we're going to put this con- this uh, uh, conference together. And ILCA said, yeah, let's do it. And it's uh, about the building blocks that nature provided, soil, water, plants, 
Uh, there are going to be some terrific speakers there. Dan Donnelly from North Shore Country Club is going to be there. Uh, and next week, we're going to have uh, one of the speakers right on this show. I'm looking for the cheat sheet. Where it is? There it is. Ben- Benjamin Vogt, uh, who's the author of A New Garden Ethic, Cultivating Defiant Compassion for an Uncertain Future. How do you like that for a for a horticulturist? <laughs> um He's going to be on the show next week to talk about that book and to talk about what he's going to be saying at this conference. And so if, if you're a landscaper, and even if you're not a landscaper, if you're interested in changing our landscapes in a positive direction, you should consider going to this conference on the 17th, October 17th, uh, Impact Building Sustainable Landscapes. And you can go to ILCA.net, look for their calendar uh, or you can just go to Midwest Ecological Landscape Alliance on Facebook. You can go to ILCA. Posted the link on Facebook Live and Twitter. Okay, and uh, you can do that and, and be part of this. By the way, next week we also have uh, uh, Tanya Andrina of Adjust Harvest uh, on the show because they won. Oh, we didn't even talk about last week. Maybe at the end of the show today. Yeah. I think we got to spend a few minutes talking about the big presentation and the big. It was incredible. Yeah. The award ceremony we had last week at the Chicago Cultural Center for uh, Chicago, wait, Chicago, whatever. Excellence in Gardening Awards. Thank you. I can't. There's too many, too many acronyms. <laughs> yeah. Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards. We gave out a bunch of awards. It was really fun. And Tony got one of them. She got one of them. And she's going to be here next week with Principal Augie and Mua. I, that's, I'm sure that's not how you pronounce it, uh, with the Gale Community Academy in Chicago. He's the principal there and just got rewarded with a new contract. And we'll talk about the kids' garden they're putting there. So they'll be on next week. Um, so, And coming up next, solar. What's the future of solar in Illinois? You're going to want to hear this conversation. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Stick around. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? Well, that's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color perms and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of safe straightening treatments, including the non-toxic Magic Sleek and Cezanne keratin smoothing products that let you shampoo the same day. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at OrganicRootsEcoSalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty, you no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. Are you ready to make a positive change in the world around you? One that is easy and creates beauty? Make the switch to native plants, natural communities native plants. Enjoy the elegance of nature, the birds, the pollinators, and yes, even monarch butterflies without the excessive maintenance and without pesticides. Natives create food for our pollinators and birds, offset climate change, cleanse water, reduce floodwaters, and they look great. Natural Communities has more than 200 species of affordable woodland, wetland, and prairie plants, as well as shrubs, trees, and seeds native to the Midwest. 
And now is the time to get those plants established in your yard for a head start next year. Go to naturalcommunities.net. And if you use the magic word NOVAK, N-O-W-A-K, at checkout, you'll get 10% off your purchase until October 1st. Don't just get back to nature. Create it in your own backyard. Go to naturalcommunities.net. What is this place? You're in uncharted territory. What do you mean? Where are we? I don't know if you've heard this. I don't know what it is. Tell us your name, please. 1590. WCGO Chicago. This sounds kind of futuristic. It sounds like new energy technology, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It's like all powered up, ready to go. Here we <laughs> Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with... Peggy Malecki, and we're very pleased to have in our studio a couple of guys from Wind Free Solar, uh, Eric Carlberg, who I met at um, a uh, an event for the Peterson Garden Project, which was their Gnome Dependence Day. And I remember that day well because I had my, my recording device with me that day, and I lost it somewhere in that area. I, I put it on the car or did something. I dropped it, and... My lovely recording Zoom machine it disappeared. I blame a gnome. Uh, you, you know, put it under his hat, as, and off as he went. if we needed other reasons to not like gnomes. <laughs> there's one there. So that's where I met Eric. Eric, good morning. Good morning. Thanks uh, for having me. And he uh, brought in his boss. So this is, is this hiding a, in the corner. Is this we are way, in Facebook Live, but we can't see you. Is this where you move up the hierarchy, the chain of command, by saying, "Hey, boss, you want to be on the radio? We, <laughs> I can get you on the radio. I know these people." And uh, uh, and that guy is Doug Snower, and he's sitting in the corner over there. I don't think you're going to see him on Facebook. Good morning. Uh, he'll he'll need to wander over this way if we we. Uh, oh, there you go. See, you can. Wow. You don't need to be on Facebook. It's all no, right. I, I mean, you're going to be heard. That's you, okay. you don't yeah. need to be seen. So, Every so that's, often you kind of that's wave That's what at my it kids say. That's what <laughs> I say to the kids. Yeah, that's right. Or I think that's, it's the it's, other way around. Yeah. I think they do, the other way around. Um, and, uh, again, they're they're both with wind, wind-free solar, and you can go to that website, which is windfree.us, if uh, you want more information for that. And, you know, I knew when I – Ran into Eric. I, I wanted to to chat with him about this, especially because in Illinois, we just passed a, a bill, uh, and it became law in December. And it was uh, a lot of years of work putting this. And 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 actually, Eric, you talked to me about this. We we had a chat on the phone the other day, and because I'm uh, a friend of well, one of my friends is Lisa Albrecht from the Illinois Solar mm-hmm. Energy Association. And you guys, I imagine, are part of the ISEA as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's been working really, really hard on this. She's in the nuts and bolts and the policy of, of getting this passed. And we should give a ding uh, out to the folks who work so hard to get this passed. Because what it means, it's the Future Energy Jobs Bill, which became the Future Energy Jobs Act, which is now law in Illinois. And they found in uh, an article at uh, Midwest Energy News uh, about it that says that it calls for 2,700 megawatts of solar in Illinois by 2030, including 400 megawatts of community solar through a state-mandated adjustable block program. Now, you think, well, what does that mean? You know, I have no idea what that means. Well, that figure is nearly double 
the amount of community solar that existed in the entire United States in 2016. So we're mandating just for Illinois more solar, community solar, than we had in the entire country last year. That's that's a pretty remarkable change. So um, I'm going to start with you, Eric. Uh, how, do, how does that affect your company and what you're doing? Yeah, there's uh, big, big things coming down the uh, road for us. We're uh, anticipating um, a lot of demand coming in. And, mm-hmm. it, and as you said, it's been a long time coming for this law. Lisa Albrecht, um, uh, Leslie McCain, Shannon mm-hmm. Weigel, Toba Perlman. I'm, I'm going to forget a bunch of names. I'm not going <laughs> to try to mention easy. them all. It happens. Yeah. And, are, and all the rest. Yeah. yeah. There are a lot of people that worked very, mm-hmm. very hard to get this legislation passed, and, and we're very excited. We have very ambitious uh, goals. We're going to be saving people money on their utility bills. We're going to be reducing carbon emissions. Um, there is... Uh, where do you want to start? There's a lot that goes into this. I know it's well. I'll We're tell you excited. I tell you what. Let's uh, let's start with with Doug here and the company. Okay, since um, you uh, are the the president of Wind Free Solar, Doug, tell us a little bit about your company and and the kinds of services you offer. Wind Free was founded in 2009 as an environmental educational company working with schools and educational institutions to try to foster awareness of sustainable and renewable energy. In, uh, over the years, that has turned into a holistic company that provides turnkey solutions for businesses, okay, homeowners. what do you mean when you say turnkey? I don't know what that means. The turnkey means that we would start with uh, an evaluation of the facilities mm-hmm. and the customers' uh, needs and how they want to offer sustainability to uh how they want to bring sustainability into their businesses and their lives and their and they can do uh, it via solar, but they can also in your company do it via wind. Yeah, I we mean, also do you do offer both? we also offer wind solutions for our clients. So is is that odd? That aren't most companies either solar or wind? Not both. Well, it's the same technology. It just producing well, it a little not different, really. Different one's way. one's moving air and one's <laughs> one's photons, both, isn't it? They're yeah. both producing electricity yeah and offsetting power that you would be purchasing from the utility companies mm-hmm. so uh, technically they're producing the same type of energy they're just doing it in a little different well, manner and 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 both of it's much cleaner than clean the energy, energy we yeah. pr- produce right now and it's clean energy so we offer uh, evaluations and uh, consulting on what makes sense for our customers, mm-hmm. and then we provide uh, the complete installation package with product procurement and permitting, and finally installation and monitoring, and then follow up with uh, maintenance mm-hmm. and um, and uh, uh, follow up with maintenance and uh, and the complete solution for yeah, it. Yeah, probably adapting and changing and adding on. So I actually a kind of a real basic question like the turnkey. You hear clean energy, clean energy, clean energy. How do you guys define clean energy? 
Well, clean energy is energy that offsets carbon that's being produced by fossil fuels and other sorts of energy that are uh, um, have a high environmental impact. So the less carbon you're putting into the air, the better, basically. Pretty much. That's pretty, <laughs> that's pretty, pretty basic. It is, right. That is pretty basic. But it's in the generating of the power that you're looking at the clean energy. Correct. Just it's, at that point, as opposed to what's going in and out of it. Right. It, it's not using fossil fuels mm-hmm. to produce electricity. Okay. Yeah, it and just while, winds uh, up being a buzz term, so that's why I'm and, and while nuclear is a very efficient means mm-hmm. of producing energy, um, there are risks involved with, you know, storing waste from nuclear facilities. So um, it's not only the carbon, but it's also uh, nuclear that we're uh, looking to replace, right, with a renewable source, the sun. It's going to be here for several more billion no, I, years. I, I'm with you totally so. on that. I, I mean, I, I, looking at nuclear, there's... There's the waste product mm-hmm. that we have from nuclear. So when folks call it clean energy, I go, the best you can give me is a big asterisk uh, associated with that as clean energy because, it's, it, frankly, it's not because of what's left over. Then we have to deal with that for, forever. Whereas the technology, solar, the solar and wind mm-hmm. technologies, there are different issues involved. And one, and one of the issues is storage capacity. Uh, in you know, where, where do you guys stand? And all right, there's there's two two questions I want to look at. One of one of them storage, because uh, you you and I talked the other day, Eric, and you know people have this conception that when the wind stops and it's dark at night, there's no energy at all, which is really not mm-hmm. true. Uh, but the other is they have this conception that hey, I get solar panels on my roof. I'm 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 off the grid. I don't have to worry about ComEd or Amarin or any of those guys. We're done. We move on. But that's not a reality either. So let's address the uh, the first one, or maybe the second one first, because you you started talking about that, Doug. But what can folks expect when they when they go to solar? What's what's a realistic ex- expectation of savings and where they stand via the grid? Either one. Well, there's, you know, there's several levels of installation that you could, you could, go for in a solar installation or wind installation. One is just Re- a residential, or? residential or commercial. Okay. It's pretty uh, mm-hmm. typical across the board. Okay. The, the energy is producing is offsetting the electricity that you're using and pulling from the electric grid. Mm-hmm. So that's the very basic style of installation that most people are are working with. Then the next level would be to add energy storage, where you would be storing energy, and in the event of a power outage, you could use that energy as backup power, or in some circumstances where the energy uh, is required back to the grid when, when there's peak demands, that energy could be pushed back from your battery system back to the grid to provide uh, extra power to the grid when the utilities need it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then um, the third would pro- probably be where you would be um, storing energy to completely offset the electricity you buy from the grids and become off-grid. But nobody does that. I mean, they, very few people do that. I mean, that it, it just seems like that's not that's not part of the reality here, is it? Uh, go ahead, Eric. 
Yeah, right now we have uh, very good net metering laws in mm-hmm. Illinois where we have full net metering. So if you think about it, the grid is acting like a battery. You're either using the electricity in the moment uh, or it's getting fed back onto the grid where you're earning a credit to be drawn on later. Well, that's the same thing as basically what a battery is doing. So you can think of the grid as a very uh, reliable uh, battery backup system. You also are required to be connected to the grid to earn certain incentives. So that's another reason people are doing that. Uh, battery technology right now is uh, improving. It's coming down in cost. And as prices of the utilities go up, because we know they're going to go up uh, in time, uh, we have fortunately uh, in Illinois paid relatively low prices for electricity compared to other uh, areas of the United States and world. But as prices continue to rise, you're going to see more people installing battery backup systems so that uh, we're drawing as little energy as possible from the grid. We're producing as much as we can Mm -hmm. uh, on our own. Uh, That is Eric Carlberg uh, uh, from uh, Winfrey Solar. Uh, Doug Snower also here. He's the president and uh, yeah, of course, your questions and comments are welcome at 847-475-1590. I imagine you get a lot of questions. What would be the number one question you get if somebody's exploring solar? Where where do they start? Well, they they like to know how much it costs to put. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I would ask that too. And, yeah. and do I have enough sun? And they like to know if there's mm-hmm. enough sun. Of course, that so a, that's part of our evaluation process. Is that we determine, you know, how much sun you have on your mm-hmm. property and the location where we would put the solar panels or the wind turbine in case of, you know, in the uh, case of wind resources. So it's not for everybody, as I have unfortunately discovered, because I've had Lisa come out. She knows where I live, by the way, Lisa Albrecht, and she's come out and she says, "Well, your 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 house is pointed in the wrong direction. You're you know, and and you've got other issues there." And I said, "Well, wait a second. You guys are trying to sell solar. Sell me solar. How come I can't do it?" <laughs> well, she it has said, to make sense for you. Yeah, that's one of the things we do in our evaluation process. We try to see if this makes sense for the consumer. Uh huh. But there are people like me who want to go there. Mm-hmm. Who, who want it to happen like tomorrow, all right? But as you just pointed out, it can't always happen that way. So one of the things she said to me is something I just talked about earlier on when, when we opened this segment, which is community solar. And that is someplace that some people like me might be able to go yeah. in the future is where you get the folks in the neighborhood and you say, okay, let's figure out how we can collect solar and then divvy it amongst us. How does that work? So that's... A great solution for people who don't have the roof space or the right conditions or, you know, just don't want to go through the headache of owning a solar system Mm -hmm. on their own. You know, a large solar system will be built somewhere in the uh, community that you purchase your electricity from, and you can subscribe to small portions to offset your electric usage. So it will show up on your bill as an offset of electricity, but that facility, the solar facility, isn't on your property. It's somewhere else, and there's multiple people that subscribe to the Mm -hmm. production Mm -hmm. of that system. But somehow you have to find that community or create that community, and that's the hard part 
with well, that, isn't it? That's what the developers who are investing in these communities. I don't trust systems. developers. <laughs> okay. I don't, they're out there trying to sell. I hope so. Yeah. yeah, sell portions of this production to consumers, and that's uh, what their job is. Let me comment, Mike, on what you just said on the trust thing. So you know, there are a <laughs> lot of uh, there are going to be a lot of consumer protection laws, regulations uh, relating to the marketing of community solar and the way that they can. Uh, price things because what we've seen in the past with uh, Aries alternative retail electric suppliers is um, some, you know, not upfront uh, business practices where they were inflating uh, how much it cost them to acquire solar. They were charging Mm -hmm. consumers more. Uh, So going forward, there are going to be a lot of uh, protections in place for consumers around that area of Mm -hmm. Uh, community solar. A lot of the details have yet to be known, but uh, in reading the draft plan over the last few days, the draft plan was just released on the 27th of September. We do know there are going to be things in there to protect consumers. And and actually, that's something we're, we're going to need to break here, but that's something we should talk about is, is, is as you say, the law is complex. It's, it's, it's a good law, and it's going to move solar and wind forward in Illinois, but you guys are adjusting to it mm-hmm. right now. Uh, after years of nothing, of nothing going on in the state, suddenly the, the floodgates have been opened and we have this opportunity. So when we come back, let's talk about that. We've got uh, Doug Snower and Eric Carlberg from Winfrey Solar. Give us a call, 847-475-1590. It's the Mike Novak Show. What is sustainable seafood and why should we care? In a Green Diva Minute, you'll learn more and be on your way to living a deeper shade of green. Sustainable seafood is seafood that is either caught or farmed in ways that consider the long-term vitality of species, the well-being of the oceans, and the communities that depend on fishing for their economy. In case you didn't know, our oceans are experiencing severe distress from environmental destruction and overfishing. The Marine Stewardship Council offers labels to make it easier to find fish that is sustainably sourced. So if you love your seafood without plastic microbeads and you want to make sure it is there for future generations, please consider sustainable seafood options. I'm Green Diva Meg. Please visit thegreendivas.com to find useful Green Diva podcasts, videos, and of course, lots of low-stress ways to live a deeper shade of green. Ever wonder what you would feel like if you didn't hurt? If you were free of tension in your body, here's your chance to talk to Dr. Bonnie Flaster and licensed massage therapist Kamosha Murphy at the River North Wellness Center Open House Thursday, October 12th from 2 to 6 p.m. for mini-massage, chiropractic, and acupressure demonstrations. And until November 22nd, mention the Mike Novak Show for a discount on full treatment sessions. Go to rivernorthwellness.com or stop by on October 12th and get back to feeling good. Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at Mike Now. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, mike at mikenovak.net. Speaking of the website, podcasts and blog posts are available every week at mikenovak.net. And while you're there, sign up for those posts and our newsletter on the homepage. And please support the sponsors who support us. Look for logos and specials at mikenovak.net. That sound you hear is my time machine letting me know it's time to return to our own world. This is your talk, WCGO. Hang on.
And the mics are live. And here we are in the Back lounge. In the, in the lounge. Yes. However, it does this. Now we're talking. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We're talking solar. We're talking wind energy with uh, wind-free solar guys, uh, Eric Carlberg and Doug Snower. Now, we just had this kind of long conversation while we're in the break. What was it you guys were talking about? I was busy. I was I was distracted here doing radio stuff. Oh, just go back to doing your radio okay, stuff. Okay, I will. You can take over, Peggy. <laughs> no, 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 no. What were you asking well, them about? So we were talking about the Soul Smart program. Um, which is tying into some of the community solar, but making it more community friendly. And Will County, being the first Illinois county uh, named as Smart Solar, and you've you've posted some things as well um, with Highland Park getting involved in Soul Smart with other I, communities. I think it's it's a lot about Eric has been following it a little more, and it's it's just been coming up to uh, fruition. But it's a lot about advocating communities advocating for solar and making uh, uh, building awareness in the community i don't know why they wouldn't uh tell you the truth uh but this is a good opportunity so what do you know about this so the soul smart uh program it's a recognition program uh it's national and it's funded by the u.s department of energy sunshot initiative and it's led by the solar foundation it basically recognizes communities for making it faster, easier, and more cost-efficient to install solar. So there's streamlined permitting. There's removing of potential barriers. There's education and outreach. Um, Highland Park and 11 other municipalities mm-hmm. are going to be participating. They're going to be working closely with the Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, the IBEW Local 134, the Illinois Fire Inspector Association to train their staff to evaluate and inspect solar PV installations. And uh, villages that participate can get awards of either gold, silver, and bronze, depending on how uh, efficiently they're implementing these programs. So essentially, it's going to make it easier for consumers uh, to deal with the red tape to get solar. Uh, and by the way, uh, that's that's great. And the future, again, looking at the jobs or, or the the the, the uh, not the jobs bill. I, I want to say the uh, future energy jobs act. That jobs bill. Um, going back to the article I started uh, talking about earlier in Midwest Energy News, it says statewide the production of community solar is projected to produce over ten thousand construction period jobs, wow. generate one point three nine billion dollars in construction benefit money and offset the equivalent greenhouse gas emissions of about 350,000 homes per year. That's that's kind of like putting Illinois front and center of the solar revolution, isn't it, Doug? Absolutely, and there's a lot of solar companies around the country circling the Illinois wagon right now. Oh, really? So they're looking at mm-hmm. we did and they want to... Get on board? They want to get on board. They want to come into this territory and set up shop. Now, <laughs> but oh boy. All right. So what does that mean for a company well, like yours that's already been here? We're the home, the hometown team here. So, yeah. you know, we've got an advantage of knowing the territory and knowing the consumer. And we've been doing this for a long time and have a lot of projects in the Illinois area. So they're going to have, you know, we're going to have an advantage of, you know, home base. Uh, getting back to before the break, we talked about the, the law and, and 
there's a lot to it, and you're just figuring out some of the aspects of it. Like what, uh, Eric? That what it, what is it you have to figure out before you guys can move forward here? So I do want to stress that um, while the law may appear uh, complex, and getting to this point uh, has been a, a complex, complicated process. Uh, one of the the purposes of the law is to actually simplify things, mm-hmm. and uh, once it once it is you know fully implemented. Um, it, it is actually going to make things simpler and easier and less complex. It's just, you know, reading a 175-page draft plan that was just released and following all the nuances, that can get a little bit complicated. Mm-hmm. But one of the ways it's going to make things simpler for people is, uh, you know, instead of having these uh, periodic procurements of solar renewable energy credits uh, where there's a bidding process, and it's, it's very confusing. There's a lot of uncertainty in rec prices. The adjustable block incentive program is going to be a set schedule of prices uh, that we're going to be able to see. So we're going to be able to sit down with people and say, this is exactly what you're going to get um, reimbursed in the form of SRECs, as opposed to there's this complicated bidding process that mm-hmm. we have to go through. So it's going to simplify things. Um, there's a lot of money that's going to be allocated every single year to developing solar uh, for the adjustable block incentive program, community solar, and then there's also a solar for all program. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it depends on how, how deep you want to get on that, um, but that's kind of the, the thing that we're the most excited about mm-hmm. is the stability of the SREC market. And the IPA has had the opportunity to look at the successes and failures of other uh, people that have implemented similar programs. So they've looked at Spain, Germany, Massachusetts, New York, California. So we've got to, we've had the opportunity to learn from the success and failures of others. So we're, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. So where do you think this will be in three to five years? Oh, I think the market's just going to absolutely take off. I think that everybody is going to either have solar on their home or business. They're going to know somebody with solar on their Mm -hmm. home or business um, they're going to know somebody working in the industry. Um, this this law that just passed, this is not just designed to prop the market up for a few years, which is what we've been looking at in the past. This is designed to create stability mm-hmm. in the renewable energy market for the next few decades. So we're very, very optimistic. And and some of the way it does that, it, it works, and, and this is from the Environmental Defense Fund, uh, it it uh, encourages energy efficiency, renewable energy standards, um, low income initiatives, and as we mentioned earlier, community solar. So all of that is playing a role on this. We have had a, a slight setback uh, in that uh, the two major utilities in the state uh, are supposed to get on board. Ameren has said, well, we need more time. And, and it's funny because we ran into Jen Walling, who's the executive director of the Illinois um, environmental council we saw her yesterday at the scarce event and i said well hey what's going on with Amron?" and she just kind of rolled her eyes she Didn't said yeah we gotta we gotta yeah. figure that out because you know they they the in six months after the bill gets passed Amron comes in and says eh, well we don't know if we could do this so they're trying to figure out how to make that work but comed's like on board with, with all of it apparently right now so good for them um, so these, are, but getting back to energy efficiency, this is the thing that uh, my buddy Ron Calgill from Mighty House Radio Show on WCGO, also Saturdays from seven to ten, 
uh, always tells me, he says, don't even think solar until you get your house insulated. And energy efficiency has got to be the, the where you start, doesn't it, Doug? Really important to get your other energy mm-hmm. resources in your home in order in your business. You know, let's let's get the light bulbs changed to, you know, LED, um, get the house insulated, use high-efficiency furnaces and HVAC systems, get some caulk and, and caulk <laughs> the windows. That's probably the, uh, you know, the greatest renew, uh, energy efficiency resource in the world is a tube of caulk. Yeah. So close off all the entrances to your unheated attic around all your ceiling fixtures. Right. Do those things first. And then, you know, the solar is is going to then become a tremendous uh, offset of the minimal amount of electricity that you that you are using. Yeah. And, and I hate hearing all that because, of course, I live in a 130 year old barn. And uh, <laughs> that's the hardest part is 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 doing mm-hmm. all that other stuff first. Right. It's important. Um, you know, it's it's probably the first thing you should do before you start considering exp- spending money on an expensive solar system, although it's a great investment. Some of those other things are even more important to, to reduce your energy, uh, 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 reduce your energy output. Yeah. Your consumption. Sure. Your mm-hmm. consumption and cost right. yeah. and cost. Right. Um, well, let's get to the tour because that's coming up. Uh, this is something that uh, uh, happens now every year with the Illinois Solar Energy Association, and it is the uh, Illinois Solar Energy Tour, the Illinois Solar Tour. It's on October 7th. You guys uh, participating in that? We are. So there's going to be 130 different homes on the tour, and you can go to the Illinois Solar Energy Association's website um, to find out more details. But we have... Uh, Two projects that we recently completed, one in South Holland, Illinois, and the other in Oswego, Illinois. And uh, those homeowners are uh, stepping up to the plate and showcasing their solar systems. So uh, we're very happy about it. It gets us a little bit uh, more exposure. But on a bigger picture than that, um, you know, they're they're helping spread the word about solar. So um, we're very excited. We just participated in the U.S. Green Built uh, uh, the the Green Built Home Tour uh, recently right. with the U.S. Uh, GBC. And, um, it's all about build, building awareness tour. and getting mm-hmm. people out there to see yeah. what these systems mm-hmm. look like. We just also did lo- a little closer here is the, uh, you know, Oakton Community College just did a nice solar system on their Skokie campus. Ah, I know a couple of people mm-hmm. who teach there. So right. There so they're, they're on the tour um, on Lincoln Avenue at their Skokie campus. Oh, so that's one that folks would be able to take a good look at a bigger system. Yeah, and, and a, folks, and by the way, that the tour on the, the 7th, it's a Saturday from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. if you want to, and, and, and again, go to IllinoisSolar.org, or all of this information is on my website, MikeNovak.net. I've got links, uh, including uh, a link uh, to your uh, organization, so if folks want to find out more about wind-free solar, they can go there too. But again, that uh, URL is windfree.us. I was going to say .usa, not USA, but just US. Um, We're just about out of time here. Um, Yes, 60 seconds. So if folks want to uh, jump on board, they should just give you a call. and, And what can you offer them to get them started? 
We always start with a free uh, evaluation, uh, be a conversation with me on the phone. Uh, we ask them about their energy usage. Uh, we take a look at their utility bill. We tell them about solar. We tell them about the incentives available, the warranties, our history as a company, our experience. And um, we do a site survey. We get them quotes. We, um, you know, as well, Doug said earlier, we're a turn, here. Right. We talk operation. about the incentives and the investment opportunity and the offset of their carbon footprint, which is very important. And this is the time to do it. So, gentlemen, thank you very much. Uh, Doug Snower, Eric Carlberg, Winfrey Solar. Uh, thanks a lot. We'll, thank we'll have you. to talk again. Thanks Appreciate so much it. for having us. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We'll be right back. The Green Living Expo returns to McHenry County College on Saturday, November 4th. And this 10th anniversary celebration is going to be pretty special. For starters, there will be two, yes, two, fully decorated and locally owned tiny homes on display, the award-winning traveling exhibit Sustainable Choices, and Area College and University Solar and Super Mileage Team Race Cars. Visit the Living Lightly Tent, where innovators share their energy-saving innovations with you. Of course, more than 70 exhibitors and vendors of all kinds will be there, including invited artists displaying and selling their sustainable creations. And did I mention the Green Living Expo is free and open to the public? And that Mike and I will be there? McHenry County College, Saturday, November 4th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Go to mchenry.edu slash greenexpo or contact the MCC Office of Sustainability at 815-479-7765. 815-479-7765. r Services Unlimited has been serving the north and northwest suburbs since 1992. They can take care of those little problems that never get done. They perform complete bathroom, basement, and kitchen remodels. And if you're looking for a complete home makeover, they can handle that too. Visit their website at RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. That's RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. It'll be easy to find someone cheaper, but a lot harder to find someone better. Chicagoans use your blue carts to recycle. Bottles, flattened boxes, jugs with the lids on, tin and aluminum cans, juice cartons, and mail. No plastic bags, including store bags, no greasy pizza boxes, styrofoam, disposable coffee cups, light bulbs, napkins, electronics, or shredded paper. Put your items loose in the blue cart and not in a plastic bag. Visit RecycleByCity.com Chicago and let's make Chicago beautiful and green. Find out what's going on in Evanston. Tune in to Haggerty's Huddle every other Monday on French and Friends. Brought to you by Chicago Lee Magazine. Name the city's top magazine. Don't just read more, read better. You got the fear of the underdog. That's why you will not survive. And ever a show we're an underdog, it's us. <laughs> it's not plane nor bird nor even frog, just little old me. Underdog. Underdog. And that was Wally Cox. And that's one of the reasons <laughs> I loved the underdog cartoon. So, so Brandon, you, are you like between the age of watching underdog too? No, I saw underdog as a kid, like that and Hong Kong Fooey and stuff like that. You know, I was thinking about that as we were coming in today, as I was coming in here about cartoons. When I grew up, I cartoons were entering the dark ages when I grew up because they were coming out of like Looney Tunes and Tom and Jerry and, and, and well illustrated, really well illustrated, funny guys who were nutty. 
into formula and uh, really bad art, like the Flintstones uh, were the same uh, uh, background roles. Mm-hmm. And by the mouth the, just kind of does. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. And and I can remember sitting there watching these cartoons going, this is not funny. My brother and I, we're, we were terrible. We were the, the worst critics. We were yeah. just mean. We used to have them on, on the Bozo Bozo yeah, Circus. Have all this stuff on. You go, yeah. this is not funny. Get us a get us a Looney Tunes because those are at least <laughs> funny. They're entertaining. But some of the stuff that but I did like Underdog. Some of them were were kind of good. That that was a funny cartoon. Or at least entertaining in on some level. <laughs> so anyway, uh uh call us about your cartoon memories. <laughs> nah, never mind. Sorry Actually, about that. I grew up watching Fat Albert among some of the other cartoons. Oh, are you kidding me? No, I that was it was I, Saturday morning. I was done by Fat Albert time. Thank goodness. I didn't get tainted <laughs> hey, by that. Hey, hey, Yeah, no, no, don't even do it. Don't do it. It's like, no. It'll be in your head now. No references. No, no none of those uh, uh, BC references. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, last Sunday, we just had the best time. It seems like a million years ago, doesn't it, Peggy? Yes. It's, everything goes by so fast. These weeks are so chock full of stuff. You got hurricanes. You got events. Um Everything we do. So yesterday we're at scarce, and that was great. And you you expend all this energy covering, or, or or just you know waking up in the morning and seeing what stupid tweet our stupid leader is going to have, um, and or multiple tweets or multiple tweets where he's going to go after the 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 woman who's the the mayor of you know it, I won't even go down there. Yeah. So we got all this stuff, and and it makes you realize that last Sunday was just a Sunday ago. It was just a week ago. Uh, and we were giving out these awards for Chicago Excellence in Gardening at the Cultural Center, and we had this amazing crowd, uh, like 150 folks there, uh, and Suzanne Malik McKenna, former commissioner of the Department of the Environment, uh, did the keynote. Uh, and the one of the things, this was like the most well-behaved crowd. <laughs> is that gardeners or is or something else? But... I told them, I said at the beginning, okay, when you come down to get your award, you got to come down that aisle, and then you go up that aisle, and even if you're sitting there, you have to go all the way around the back of the, the, the room and come down this aisle, and they did. And it just Even the guy in the front row did that. I know, and it re- made me realize I have all this power, and I should have <laughs> used it for something else. Okay, and if you're sitting in aisle four, go get me an ice cream right now and bring it back down this aisle. Uh, but wasn't that fun yeah. to, 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 to talk to all these gardeners? To talk to everybody. Um, we had a fabulous PowerPoint showing everyone's gardens. And Which everybody wants a copy of now. Yeah. I have to get that out to yeah, everybody. Yeah, we'll have to, have to do that. But, but it was just everyone was so excited. And we had the bulk of the community gardeners were there. I think there were uh, 16 community gardening groups there that yeah. were there. And they brought so many people from the gardens, too. The, uh, the Brookdale Retirement Center, they had... Uh, several of their gardeners there, and everybody was just so tickled to be walking to the stage, having their photos behind them, getting the, the gorgeous signs that Forest Preserve of Cook County provided, mm-hmm. um, and they're busy posting their signs. And photos. I noticed that Patrick Berry, who who has done reports on this show, he, he uh, gets a ding. He gets a ding, definitely. He's got a, a photo I'm going to put uh, on Mike Novak, the Mike Novak Show on Facebook, but also on the Chicago Excellence in Gardening Awards page. Um, he's got his sign. Kathleen, you'd love this. Uh, Patrick, because pa- Kathleen designed these signs, and they're just mm-hmm. awesome. They're, and the, the Forest Preserve District of Cook County did a wonderful job of uh, executing them and creating these signs. 
Uh, he's got his sign next to his garden. It's just the greatest photo. I'm going to have to post that. I'll do that uh, right when we get yeah. off the air. And like you said, um, Suzanne Malik McKenna did the keynote. And if you want to listen to her, she had some really, really great words for everybody there. But anybody who was listening, we have that posted, the live video. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we have. On the Mike can... Novak Show Facebook page, um, probably about 15 min- 10 to 15 minutes in. And we should thank all of our partners. And I, and I <laughs> here's the list from my head. Of course, Illinois Extension. Um, Give them a ding. And Chicago Community Gardeners Association and the Shed Aquarium. The Shed Aquarium. And we said, mentioned Chicago the Chicago Flower and Garden Show. Chicago Flower and Garden Show. Natural Awakening Chicago. And of course, the Mike Novak Show. <laughs> and um, it was, it, we're off and rolling for next year. There's already folks saying, hey, how do I get involved next year? How do I enter the contest? Well, one of the things that's going to happen is that uh, we're going to have a big announcement probably at the Chicago Flower and Garden Show uh, in March mm-hmm. because Tony Abruscato, who's the head of that, is going to be on board with this, and we will get the word out early. And as a matter of fact, Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, I talked to Carolyn Ulrich, the editor there, mm-hmm. and she said, yeah, let's put a notice in the magazine. So this is going to be bigger and better next year. We had a great start. We gave out like 46 awards, something yeah. like that. Uh, this year. So next year, it's going to be even better. So if you're listening and you didn't enter your garden, uh, you get a chance next year. And we're not sure. We're not sure. But we might expand it outside the city limits of Chicago. Now, that's fraught with peril. Don't hold us to that. Uh, but because and, we know there's yep. a lot of folks who listen here and a lot of folks who garden around Chicago and they do great stuff. If we can figure out a way to do that that doesn't just overwhelm us. <laughs> <laughs> probably will. Uh, we will. We will. We're still recovering. Yeah, we're still. Yeah, we're still recovering from a week ago. Well, that's because we had hurricanes and stuff and scarce yesterday. And remotes and shows and remotes to prep and shows to prep and yeah, la, la, magazines la, la, la. to get out the door. So yeah. uh, everybody who participated, thank you. It was it was so much fun um, and hard work, but uh, a lot of fun as well. And, and we're glad that uh, we were able to do this and more next year. So. Uh, in in the meantime, uh, we're we're working towards the future of the show and hoping. Uh, well, right now we're on the Gab Radio Network. I know Ron Cowgill mentions that. That doesn't mean that there's any stations that's picked us up. We're on the network. You you know if yeah. you're listening and you want to pick us up. But it also means on 1590 you can pick us up um, online and on TuneIn at other times. Well, which... yeah. You know, I'm always amazed because I go online and I and I'll type in. I'm looking for something from a show I did in the past, mm-hmm. and it'll show up on some platform. There'll be a podcast of my show, and I'm thinking, well, wait a second. How did you guys get this, and who are you, and why do you have the audio of my show from three years ago? Um, huh? What's that it's all out about? there in, in the the uh, the e-sphere. But, but, but the best thing to do is go to my website, MikeNovak.net. You click on the RSS feed, and you can get a podcast delivered to your inbox every week where mm-hmm. well whenever i post them or go to itunes and yes. if you go to itunes and listen to the podcast please leave a response yeah no no give us a rating please uh, that's one of the things we haven't done uh is encourage that so uh that's going to happen soon but yeah if you're listening on itunes or stitcher rate the show give us well 
I tell you what, if you're going to give us anything less than five stars, don't do it. But other than that, <laughs> uh, I want to thank everybody who's on the program today. Sharon Bladholm and Pete Vander Whelan, George Janowick, Doug Snower, Eric Carlberg. Have I missed anybody? I don't think so. Thanks so, to Brandon. Brandon, of course. Thank you, Brandon. Our millennial. Un- un- our, mo- our token millennial. Until next Saturday, go green or go home. Stadler? Yeah, what? Is that it? Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much.